don't forget to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex, where you can get sexy perks like our new dark and dirty after show podcast for selected episodes. You can also get my confessional behind the scenes videos and photos before and after we record sexy hot images including some of our special guests go to patreon.com forward slash talk about gay sex or our site where we link right up to it what's going on you are listening to talk about gay sex i'm your host steve rodriguez here in new york city today i am really excited we have dr kambis shekdar uh dr kambis shekdar is a biologist biotech inventor and gay man Kembe started graduate school in biological research at the Rockefeller University in New York City at the age of 19 in 1995. That same year, Dr. David Ho at Rockefeller developed the life-saving AIDS drug cocktail. He came of age as a young man with one foot in the era before life-saving drugs were available and one foot after. Kembe's invented a biotechnology called Chromovert Technology while he was a grad student and co-founded the biotech company Chromocell Corporation in 2003 right out of grad school where he was chief scientific officer until he left to establish Research Foundation to Cure AIDS as a new 501c3 nonprofit organization in 2014. Dr. Kembi Shakhtar, welcome to Talk About Gay Sex. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We've certainly talked um, earlier this summer and I was really excited to learn about your uh, foundation and everything. We're going to get into all of that as well as your upcoming gala Halloween uh, ball that I can't wait to talk about too. Um, but let's first get into the research and what you really studied and how you were a part of um shall we say, a technology that helped to cure AIDS, one of? Well, well, um, um, a little bit in that direction. We actually had nothing to do with uh, this one guy who was cured of AIDS about 10 years ago. He was cured in Berlin um, by a physician who wasn't even an AIDS doctor. And, and that physician uh, connected dots that were in front of everyone's eyes, but no one really, you know, assembled them, connected them in the sequence, and he ended up curing AIDS. Where where we come in, and I, and I can go into that a little bit, because um, it's pretty exciting. It shows AIDS can be cured. Where we come in is, that was one cure. You know, it's been 10 years, and no second person has been cured yet. And where we come in is the why not. And there's there's several different ways, kind of like G, different GPS paths to the same goal, where you could imagine creating a, a cure for everyone in need. And um, I invented, when I was a grad student at Rockefeller, one of the biotechnologies that holds promise to stitch together a cell therapy cure, a stem cell cure, that um, would repeat what was done in Berlin 10 years ago, but, but for everyone in need. Great, and I love, um, you know, we hear so much about stem cell research and how that seems to be the way of the future, um, certainly has cured so many people, cancers and so forth. Um, I think one of the things that I was so excited and why I wanted to talk to you about is, and when we talked earlier this summer, was that throughout the years we've heard there's a cure coming, 
we may have heard of this uh, man in Berlin, there's a cure, and why haven't we heard more about, and if, if one person was cured, it seems like we're always coming closer to one, and I think that was, you know, I know a lot of our listeners would like to know more about what happened once that initial yeah. response. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of times it's about new ideas and just giving birth to new ideas. Um, you know, I, I, I could imagine if you think about the ancient Egyptians and, and where they were with technology and they could never imagine, say, an iPhone, right? And where are we going to be in a thousand years? I think we would have cured many, many diseases. And today we're, with biotechnology, I think we're shifting away from drugs to treat and maintain disease to really the first stages of curing and eliminating disease. And what's, what's exciting about the cure of AIDS is a lot of times in research, it's beautiful ideas, but it just doesn't pan out that way. It gets destroyed by ugly facts. In, in this case, uh, one guy was cured. We, we know that it's possible. We know the kinds of stem cells that are possible. These aren't embryonic stem cells where, where you know, the Pope would go crazy. These are stem cells exist in everyone's blood. And there are some people who are naturally resistant. The physician in Germany took stem cells from a naturally HIV-resistant donor individual, put them in the AIDS patient, and there those stem cells took root and grew and gave rise to a new immune system that was HIV-resistant. So that shows stem cells of this certain kind, you know, with, with a certain genetics, are curative. And where, where we come in and where several other groups that pioneer different technologies come in is where you would take uh, any person with HIV, you would take their blood, you would isolate the stem cells that are contained in the blood, you would do cellular surgery on, on the stem cells and um, try to make them mimic as closely as possible the cells that did cure AIDS, and then you would put those cells back into the same person so there's no need for a donor. And, you know, and there's, there's several ways to think about doing that. I want to just focus on that one part where you talk about there are certain people that are resistant to HIV. Um, is that has research found that that there are some people just you know they could even come in contact with the virus, and if there's something about their cells that just want to resist it? I've heard this once before, but I was reading some of your material and wanted to clarify that point. Yeah, just, just as a, before I really dig in there, just to say that I'm not an HIV or AIDS expert, I'm a cellular engineer, and, and the, the expertise I have is about uh, creating cells, crafting cells, you know, to have desired properties. And, and the technology I invented, we've used it in all kinds of applications, including, you know, mimicking uh, taste bud cells, like, like creating little taste buds in a dish, which we've used to do flavors discovery. Uh, we've also created cells that mimic human pain to try to look for new uh, pain blockers. So I'm not a taste expert, I'm not a pain expert or an AIDS expert. I'm, I'm, my, my technology and my background is in cellular engineering. So, so to answer your question on the, the AIDS resistance, the natural resistance, you know, this is, this is um, how I've heard the background. Originally, when, when AIDS was first hitting us and decimating gay guys, um, there, there seemed to be some people who were resistant. Their friends, their friends would be uh, getting sick and dying, and these guys wouldn't. And so, so they presented themselves to research centers. People started studying them, 
And eventually, the biology was figured out where um, these people, everyone has different versions of genes. We have different eye colors. We have different other kinds of genes. And there's, there's HIV needs to infect cells by latching onto the cell tightly and gripping it. And then it injects its genetic material. It doesn't just kind of bumble around and, you know, uh, willy-nilly sort of infect any cell. It kind of like a boat to a dock. It has to dock onto the cell, and there's two docking factors that are required for HIV to latch on tightly. And some people, 1% of people of Northern European descent, have a, one of these docking factors is shortened in, in their, in their uh, gene. So, so these people have cells that you know, comprise a shortened version of a factor that HIV needs to latch on and infect them. So their cells are not infectable. And, and if they're exposed to HIV, HIV will, will you know, be present, but it won't latch on. What's interesting is, you know, um, it's one percent of people of Northern European descent. It's not in. It's not uh, genetics that's frequent in other eth ethnic groups or in other geographies. What's interesting is that people knew that there were these HIV-resistant people around for decades. And what this guy in Germany did, he was a leukemia doctor. He wasn't an AIDS doctor. He, he coming from left field, had a, had a leukemia patient who also had AIDS, and he said. Why don't we take, you know, we have to do a bone marrow transplant to cure your leukemia. Why don't we take, uh, why don't we find a donor who's not just immune matched, but is also one of these rare people who is HIV resistant and it cured his leukemia and AIDS. And for, for the longest time, the AIDS experts who missed it, um, dismissed it, said it's not possible. This is, this is reckless. It's raising false hope. So for many years, it went nowhere. And this patient, this patient uh, has been tested over and over. And even if HIV comes back, it doesn't matter. It shows that there's a lot of science we still don't understand. And our expertise so far has been about antiretroviral drugs to attack the virus. What's needed now is, you know, we, it's as if everyone's been playing football. And what's needed now is a new discipline. It's like we need tennis. We need people who are knowledgeable about cell engineering, the natural biology of uh, resistance to HIV AIDS. And the drugs are great and prevention and treatment is great, but, but there's much more we can do when it comes to developing a cell therapy cure for AIDS. I think that's what I'm so fascinated by your work and what you continue to do. I wanna just harp on that one point though, a little bit of people that, as you say, we're, we're about prevention right now or living with the virus or AIDS. Uh, using prevention like PrEP is so prevalent within the gay community. I want to talk about a little bit of that focus that uh, do you think that these are good things that obviously it's good that people are living with, you know, comfortable lives and living longer. Obviously, it's good that we're preventing people through PrEP, but we've certainly done shows here where with doctors that have said PrEP may or may not have been something that is meant for the long term. It's for perhaps a period of time when you're really sexually active. So I'm just curious to know, you know, what do you think about our focus and emphasis on some of these sort of um, preventative measures and living with versus what the work that you're doing? I think, um, you know, as with everything, there's pluses and minuses. I think there's, there's a lot of great things about PrEP, and I think it, it you know, makes it 
makes it easier for people who are HIV positive and negative to, to, be, to be less worried about, about passing it on. And that, that's a great thing. I think HIV is a very emotional, is a very emotional topic. If, if someone's positive and you, know, you can't get rid of it, you can't take it out of, out of you, it's, it's um, a, a disease, it's an infection that you have to live with. And, and any tool that, that makes, makes it possible for people to have great lives is wonderful. One of the negatives with PrEP is uh, there's no drug that blocks all strains of HIV. That's why we have dozens of drugs. And, you know, it's inevitable that, that if, we, if we stop using condoms, you know, for kind of like a PrEP bubble, for a while it will, it will be great. No worries. But there are strains of HIV that are PrEP resistant and these will not be blocked by the current drugs that are available for PrEP, for PrEP, and over time, these drug-resistant strains will rise. When will that time be? I don't know, but it, but it will happen. And you know, uh, the drug companies will sell us, okay, now take PrEP 2, now take PrEP 3. And so with PrEP, we, we maybe you know, can take pills not to get infected, but I think we can do more than um, take pills whether we're negative and positive for the rest of our lives. And with, with um, drugs and treatment and prevention, we will, you know, HIV will always fester there. And when, um, when I think about what our future could be, I think with, with a cure, with a vaccine or a cure, we can, we can truly end AIDS. I think that should be the goal. In parallel with, with all our advances in, in treatment and prevention, we can't, we can't forget that one guy was cured 10 years ago, and we can't let technologies uh, remain sitting on the shelf. Exactly. And with that being said, I mean, like you say, with PrEP, there could be other strains coming through. But, you know, we always hear that it's 99% effective. Um, you know, there's always that 1%. There's certainly stories that are out there where people that were on PrEP still managed to get the HIV virus. Um, we've talked to doctors here where it's not, like you said, it, it was for a period of time. Certain strains of other STIs have gone up uh, without the use of condoms. And so I think that, you know, obviously these are great things, um, PrEP and, and taking precautions, but I like that the overall, the grander picture of finding a cure and reminding us, um, and that's, it seems to be what part of your organization that you started is doing. It's reminding us that let's keep our eyes on the bigger prize of a cure, and that's why, let's talk a little bit about your foundation and well, wh why you started it. I think one, one other thing is, you know, um, we can't, you know, my heart goes out to people who are HIV positive, and if there's hope for a cure on the horizon, we absolutely have to take it. And I think if, if we have, if we have um, prep out there to help reduce the infection rates for, for people who are not negative, great. But if there's, if there's science to cure AIDS, and if, if there are multiple technologies that, that hold promise, this is a time that we should really mobilize behind this, bring attention behind this, and really unite people. One, one of the things that, that um, I think is important is, it was, you know, in the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, people didn't care, and it was artists who took to the streets and activists who took to the street and forced people to care. Right now, people aren't dying, so we're, we're living with HIV AIDS. We don't want to talk about it. There are a lot of people who are suffering in silence. Their friends don't know they're positive. 
drugs are great, we're not dying, but it's, it's not, um, it's no ideal world. And that's why I'm really excited about our benefit ball this year because we are bringing together different communities. We're having a, a song where there's a gospel choir together with the, called uh, Broadway Inspirational Voices together with the New York Gay Men's Choir coming together and singing the song together because we have, you know, straight black women, HIV is spiking among straight black women, but they're not in the same room with gay guys. Trans people are not in the same room. Justice-involved persons where HIV is spiking are not in the same room. And if we brought all of these different groups who are hit by AIDS, where a cure makes a difference, it's going to be super powerful. I think it's really great what you're doing, and that's why um, the foundation you started is Research Foundation to Cure AIDS. Um, you talked a little bit about your upcoming ball. You gave us a little sneak peek. I want to get more into that, but let's talk about the two part of it. Part of it. I know I definitely want to get into all of the awareness factor to our community, the larger communities, and why you're making all of this relevant and not just scientific. But let's first just focus on what the foundation, what's some of the, the research and work that your foundation is doing and why you need the funds to continue this. Sure, it's really exciting. I actually think it's the first uh, time that an AIDS nonprofit organization will have cutting edge biotechnology to to use and to leverage to develop a cure. And where where we come in is, you know, there, there are literally thousands of AIDS organizations. Why one more? Because much more has to be done that's not getting done. And why I came to this is, you know, I started grad school as a as a teenager in New York City before when when people were still dying of AIDS. And I went into school thinking you know, I'm studying biology, I'll do everything possible to, to address this disease. Then uh, the, the drug cocktail was announced, and great news, and everyone thought we solved this, and so did I, and I went in a different direction. It turned out I, I invented a method that speeds up certain kinds of research. We started a biotech company around it 15 years ago. The biotech's doing great, um, and I was chief scientific officer. I heard about this patient who was cured, and I realized that our technology is one of the ones that, that holds promise to, to cure AIDS. But I, but I, you know, I didn't want to do this all about money. A cure shouldn't be just for rich people. And HIV impacts all kinds of people. So I thought, let's set up a 501c3, like an official nonprofit. We, 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 we you know, um, no one thought our technology would work. So, so. Um, uh, no one invested in us. We ended up getting it to work by ourselves. We ended up owning the company. Um, so we're a private company. We decided to essentially license our technology to the nonprofit, meaning giving it to the nonprofit. So we're, I think, the only nonprofit that has a cutting edge technology of its own. And our goal is to push that to its absolute limit and, and um, advance that potential as much as possible. And the second goal is to say, you know, it's not enough that one guy was cured 10 years ago and technologies are literally not being actively identified and brought into the fold. So, so this event is to, after three, four years of laying the groundwork with all volunteers and getting, you know, a huge law firm, Morrison Forster has set up our nonprofit totally pro bono, totally for free, a huge, advertising and communications firm has created our social media, created our website, all volunteer. But we can't do everything with no money. To, to really hire a dedicated research team, 
we're having this first public fundraiser where we're inviting people to come and uh, you know, it's a fundraiser, the ticket prices are high, they start at $250, but if people are interested to, to move the cure forward, we want them there. And if they would reach out to you and we would somehow, we'll get everyone in there. Um, Absolutely, and this we should talk about this. This is for Halloween. Yep, it's a huge um, Met Gala-sized um, gala that you're throwing on actual Halloween here in New York City, October thirty right. first. Which, by the way, the Halloween parade. We, we, you know, we're talking with the head of the Halloween parade. Who's this? Is the thirty ninth year she's running it. She said this was the original Gay Pride Parade. Eleven years before Gay Pride, it was a Halloween parade where you could go and you could go in drag and you didn't have to fear, you know, being beat up and killed. And and so it's it's always been a gay, you know, and gay guys are fabulous. They go all out. We're gonna have a five thousand dollar best costume prize. And that's because we recognize New York's creative artists. We know they go all out for Halloween. And we hope after the parade, you know, this is the party people will come to. Absolutely. And there'll be an open bar, slowly sponsoring it. It'll be a lot of fun. There you go, and it's a masquerade ball. Uh, what's the official name that you've given this? Well, the official dress code is outrageous, and the name is Masquerade's Ball. I love it. I love it. And it will be uh, immediately after the uh, the official Halloween parade here in New York City. And um, I'm really excited about it. It sounds amazing. And your tickets, tick, now ticket prices will be in a range, well, yes? They will, but let me tell you about some of the performances yes. there. So, the, so, you know, for people who want to fund the cure, uh, there, there will be a benefit going on from 7.30 to 10.30. There we will have performances by Penny Arcade, who's, a, who's, a, who's, a, who's just a New York legend, downtown performing artist, Joey Arias, and who I love. who's been called like a New York treasure by the New York Times, and Julie Atlas Muse, who last year was named by the New York Times New Yorker of the Year. They will be performing, but it's not a sit-down event. There's, there's no, you know, there'll be food, there'll be drinks, but there, there won't be tables to sit down. This is a party. There'll be platforms for dancers to dance, people in costume to dance. And, uh, and at 10.30 is when, when we'll have an after party portion where the ticket prices will be $75. That covers an open bar. And the capacity is only 700 people. So we'll, we'll need to sell tickets beforehand. So, um, you know, it, 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 so, so no, one, no one's disappointed coming there and not being able to get in. But um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a party mode. It's not going to be a sit down sort of gala, and we don't we don't want the same usual crowd where it's limited to wealthy people. We need we need money, but but this is about everyone. It's, it sounds amazing. I can't wait for it. Um, and I think that's what's so good about your foundation is what you've done so far because this isn't the first. This is the first grand event I think that you That's your foundation right. is putting on but and if and if people come and help this you know knock this party out of the park we have a chance to really establish a fabulous masquerades ball in New York City every year on Halloween so if you can't make it this year if you already have Halloween plans plan on it next year right right I feel like this is going to be an annual gala event and for something that is really of magnitude and importance and not only it's 
you know, you're going to put your money and your investment into something that is for the long haul. Which Starting is def- up an actual research is, lab yeah, dedicated to curing AIDS. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I love that you yourself, a scientist who created this uh, technology, is also has this business side and this kind of um, event planner side to yourself, which is really great. I know you've done other events in the city at Rebar where we do our live show, where you auction off a date. Yeah, we um, have, um, if anyone wants to date, because you know the, the apps are great, but, but what we have is, in addition to the apps, we have an event called Love Labs, where we auction off eligible bachelors. It could also be couples and troubles, whatever. Rebar, Rebar hosts our event once a month. They get date packages like gift certificates at restaurants and theater tickets. And the drag queen will ask you questions, the audience will ask you questions, and then the bidding will begin. And, and the guy who you know wins each date donates that money 100% to our organization. And it's an all around great time. And people have gone on dates, on repeat dates, so good way to meet. Uh, you know, Gay Officers Action League is, is sending their, their, their membership there. Ernst & Young, Bloomberg, LGBT groups are making it like, an hap, like you know, their happy hour. So it's a, it's a whole diverse group and we're looking to start a lesbian version too. Since most of this has been so much... The next, by the way, the next Love Labs is October 10th at Rebar at 7 p.m. Okay, we will list that too. Um, since most of your work has been grassroots from your side of it with the team, raising funds on your own and now doing these events, do you think that once the masquerade ball is done that you will start to assemble your research team or do you have sort of a, a plan on, on laying, you know, when the actual research can begin? Absolutely. You know, my, my hope and my expectation and I, and I really hope we... With, with people's help we exceed these is that this event will do two things. One is it will take what's been an all-volunteer team with, with literally a hun- hundreds of volunteers of you know, all, all different talents and skills. And it will take all that work, that teamwork, and focus it into, uh, on the one hand, establishing a, a, a fundraiser that's really about you know, mission-based, and it's not just a party where you go where you don't know what this is about. It's really, it's really about launching a cure for AIDS. And the second part is that we raise um, at least two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars to rent a little lab, kind of like a WeWork space. You can rent, you know, little startup lab spaces. I've built a company from scratch before, and and uh, it's totally doable. Two fifty, three hundred k is is a uh, is not a lot of money when it comes to research, but it's a start. And and I hope that, you know, the next day after raising this money on Halloween, we can start the process of looking for our lab space and uh, really assembling a dedicated research team. Wow, I love that. That's so great. Again, and are, can people start buying tickets now? Because let's yes, start please. trying to get people to go to this. Um, where would they go if they want to? And we're going to list it all, but just to hear it, from you, where would they go? Great, thank you. Yes, please, please um, help us get tickets. Bring your friends. You can go to uh, the event. We have an Eventbrite listing. It's called. It's at masquerades.eventbrite.com, and that's spelled M-A-S-C-U-R-E-A-I-D-S ball dot 
eventbrite.com. Masquerade's ball at Eventbrite. And Eventbrite's great just because whenever you, pro- I have, I've gotten so many tickets from them just as a resource. We've done events and then you put it in your, um, you can put it in your Apple phone, Apple Pay, and it just kind of holds it for you. It's really a great source. Yep. Um, yeah, they're, they're really awesome. Cool. Um, so is most of the work, well, it's just a couple of fun questions. Um, what's your costume going to be for this? I have no Candice? idea. You have no idea. You're so busy putting this on that right. who has time to think of that. Yeah. I, I'll, happy for any suggestions. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, well, I'm really looking forward to this. I think you've explained very well on the work that you're doing. Um, we're going to do our part to promote this event, the hell out of it. Well, <laughs> so, you know, you know, there's no crystal balls. We don't know what the future will hold, but, but we do know that one guy was cured of AIDS and we're not doing everything we can this is about really changing that and you know let's give the gift of a cure to everyone in need and let's go towards a world where we can get rid of HIV AIDS absolutely and shift the focus a little bit to the eye on the prize the cure yeah so I like that thanks for having me on your absolutely thank you Cambis we're going to list all of those um links particularly to the masquerade ball on october 31st here in new york city you don't want to miss it it's such a destination place here halloween in general this is the party you want to go to thank you so much for being on the show and for all your good work and we will continue to follow up with you to see uh your next steps thanks so much thank you and i hope you do a live live uh podcast from the ball we can talk (laughs) about that we will talk about that absolutely thanks so much thanks bye Hey, what's going on? It's Steve Rodriguez of Talk About Gay Sex, letting you know that we're going to be live October 24th. If you're in New York City, join us at Rebar, 6.30. We get things going and we go live at 8 p.m. But if you're not in New York City, go on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash talkaboutgaysex, and you can watch us live from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And we look forward to that. We're also going to be live on Wednesday, October 31st for Mass Cure Ball, a benefit for Research Foundation to Cure AIDS. So join us for the two live events, both on our Facebook page, Wednesday, October 24th and Wednesday, October 31st. Also go to talkaboutgaysex.com where you can read our blog and find out about ticket information. 